Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers on a Monday. Jonathan Von Tobel and Zach Cohen here with you. Kelly Bidlin, day off. And every Monday, it's like, it's weird, Zach. I don't know what your weekends are like because you write every weekend in the NBA still. So you still have a better sense of everything for me because of the shows that I do, as I think I've brought this up almost every Monday. I've got so much football to cover for us at VEASAN that I kind of like not skip the days in terms of basketball. I definitely pay attention, but it feels like I skipped the days, right? I feel like I haven't been plugged in. So I always feel like I'm born fresh and anew on Monday. So when I was looking at the card today, I was like, holy smokes, I couldn't tell if it was because I was unplugged for the most of the weekend in terms of basketball that I didn't like anything, or if it's just that the card really sucks. No, the card really sucks. And like I am similar, like I'm trying to watch as much football as possible on Saturdays and Sundays. But I will say that like my wife goes to bed really, really early. Like I'm talking like 7 45, 8. So like once she's asleep, I have full control of the TV. I have like my phone ready. So I'm usually watching like a football game at night with a basketball game like on my phone or something. So I always have stuff on. And this weekend, to be honest, it's kind of sad that I did this, but I, I skipped the final Pac-12 game. I just like, I didn't care about the Cal-UCLA game, even though it was no, you know, God, no. final Pac-12 after dark. Yeah, no, no, you're not alone in that. Actually, you're <laughs> right. Like, it's funny, like, that was one of those where later on Saturday night when I was like doing stuff and like finally like doing things that I, I was going to say that I enjoy, I enjoy my job, uh, but you know, non-sports things. And I was like, oh, let me check my, my phone real quick. That game's going on still, huh? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, and then I ended up watching the end of Colorado State-Hawaii, which was absolutely ridiculous. So good end to the regular season in college football. And you mentioned watching games late night on Sunday. That's pretty much where I was at yesterday. At the end of the day, I like to check in um, with the late night games. Saw what Jokic and, the Spurs, Jokic and the Nuggets did against the Spurs. Oddly enough, during the basketball window, or excuse me, during the football window, because it started at about noon, I took in quite a bit of the first half and uh, most of the game for Bucks and Trailblazers. I uh, thought that the... <laughs> The Bucks were going to screw that thing up again, but what'd you watch over the weekend? What stuck out to you? Anything? I'm always watching the Suns. Like I, I watch every Suns game. Seven straight so, now, right? Yeah, and, and I watched yesterday, and I thought it was potentially their most impressive win of the season, just because they didn't have Beal, they didn't have Durant, and they didn't even have Grayson Allen. And I thought, you know, I took the Knicks minus two and a half early in the morning. I thought that there was a chance that Durant wasn't going to play, so I thought that the value was good there, but. Man, like Nurkic has been playing so well defensively and on the boards for the Suns, like almost for two, three weeks now. Like there just has not been any drop in effort from him. He looks a lot like the guy that was, you know, the better version of himself in Portland before the injuries, which is nice. And then, yeah, Booker was just incredible. Like just makes the right read every single time. And 
the offense looks great even when there are guys out, which is a great sign. I just think that they've done a really good job of building the system. And just once they have all three, they're going to be unstoppable. So I'll say this, as uh, Devin Booker did hit the game when he shot for them uh, in, in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I have a nine-game window that I can work with here with Devin Booker, right? Because he's missed these games. I'm not dead with his MVP ticket. He looks incredible. He, You're not. He's, in, he's great. They're eight and one in the nine games he's played. And like, yep. that's some games without Durant. Obviously, I don't, has he played with Beal yet? Maybe one game? I don't even know. I think there was one game where they all played, right? But then Beal yeah. tweaked his back. They haven't all played together yet, which is crazy. No, okay. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. They, but he, I think he did play a game with Yeah, I think Beal, well, the, with no yeah, the game Beal tweaked his back again. I think Booker played in that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's just, uh, it's crazy how good he is. Yeah, the assist numbers continue to go up. That was the other thing that, you know, I was kind of harping on. I was uh, texting with uh, Doug Kazarian, and uh, I was telling him because he was asking me about this whole in-season tournament, and I was explaining to him what was going on, and I was telling him, like, um, these Booker assist props still continue to go over. Like, he had 11 Mm -hmm. again in Madison Square Garden. He's their lead guard. Even when Beal comes back, he's going to be their lead point guard. Market's still hanging up like seven and a halfs, and he's regularly going over that. I think he's six and two in the eight games he's played or nine games he's played, so they might be seven and two, but he's going over that number with regularity. And dude, he's just all facets of his game, man. Like he looks great, facilitator, scorer. He's even rebounding a little bit. Like I'm just talking the universe. Come on, come on, you know? I know about this Anthony Edwards ticket, but in the preseason, like that was my thing, was like, I think Devin Booker can win MVP this year, and I, I hope it at least becomes something that I can sweat out down the stretch. Yeah, and I was watching one of the ESPN broadcasts and they were talking about his assists and like they asked RJ if he thought that he was going to keep going over and he was like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know if he's still like viewed as their point guard. And I'm thinking to myself, like he is the point guard. Like at this point, like that's who's running the offense. He's going to run the offense the entire season. Like those assists are going to be that high almost nightly. I, it is funny when you hear stuff like that because I'm like, you know, it's not that hard to follow the league in depth. <laughs> like I'm doing it while also covering college football for us in yeah. a pretty detailed manner. Like – I know that he's their point guard. Like, I know it. If you just look at everything, he's their point guard. Bradley Beal is not running your offense. Bradley Beal's a two guard who fits perfectly next to him. He's been running the point for forever. Ah, we've talked about this a lot. But, yeah, the Suns have won seven straight and uh, in great position to win the in-season tournament in control of the wild card tomorrow. We'll have more on this tomorrow because Kelly will be with us as well. But tomorrow's the last day of the in-season tournament group play. And then we get into the knockout stage. But, dude, that nugget, did you have that? Or do you need me to pull this up really quickly? That, uh... That ridiculous stat about the uh, the three at the end of that game against the, uh, the banked Booker three or yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah and then I was watching also the Pelicans they didn't have the same sense of urgency at the end of the game with like with in theirs and like they could have easily gotten over the hump there and I, I don't know it was a little wild yep so for those who did this is this is Kellen Olson who tweeted this out and uh, Olson covers the um, what is it Suns Empire of the Suns reporter yep. for uh, out there in Arizona. So for those who didn't watch, Phoenix and Memphis on Friday, which you and I got out, but thank God, right? You deserve yeah. one of those every once in a while where we both laid seven and a half. It closed two and a half, I think. And the Suns ended up winning by about 19, 20, whatever it was. Um, but Devin Booker had a banked in three with about 12 seconds left to go. It gave them a plus 34 point differential for the end season tournament when that was their final game. The Pelicans were at plus 33. So had they made just one more basket, they would have beat the Phoenix Suns at point differential. Suns would be eliminated as of right now. Yeah. But because of that, Pelicans can't surpass them in the wild card, and thus they're in a really, really good position. I think the Warriors tomorrow have to win by like 40. The same thing with the Timberwolves for them to have a shot at even getting out of here. So very good spot. 
let's go, Phoenix, baby. Uh, I should say, by the way, just on that Suns-Knicks game, I didn't learn the lesson that I needed to when when I took the Knicks against the Timberwolves. They can't play good teams. Like it all falls apart when they play against teams that are just more talented than them. Like I, I still think that they're really like they're really desperate for a shot creator outside of Brunson, and you can see it when they're playing a team like Phoenix. So I, I really should have backed off of it. I just thought without Durant, like they still should have found a way to win that game. But they might not be a team. They might be below five hundred covering team against anyone good. Yep. Two things. Two more things to take away from the weekend. I want to get your thoughts on really quickly. Uh, we'll go. Do you want to go with the fun thing or the sad thing? The sad thing first. The, the sad thing is that uh, new, well, not newly acquired, but first year Memphis guard Marcus Smart begging his team on the sidelines to get their heads out of their asses over the weekend, screaming over and over again against the Timberwolves that it was embarrassing how bad it was. <laughs> and here's the, I got to tell you. So did you watch the clip of him screaming at him? I just saw it on Twitter like a few minutes ago. Him screaming, it was embarrassing. It, it was it was bad, and you know what I thought was worse? And look, this is total, I'm just reading into it, speculation, might not mean anything. Jaron Jackson Jr. is like standing off to the side, like rubbing his face, and like he's not even listening. Like yeah. the, the vibes around this team are so bad. They're an awful team. The fact that the Suns on that Friday night were able to cover the way that they were, the Timberwolves go in there and just obliterate them. And have not like Kelly texted us in the group chat yesterday, like, thank God for the Grizzlies, because they're just yeah. a, they're an awesome machine to fade right now. Memphis now, at this point in the season, five and eleven against the spread. They're three and thirteen straight up. But dude, this whole thing's falling apart in a really big way. Like we thought they were gonna be bad, but this is getting really bad. Yeah, and like we spoke a few weeks ago about Taylor Jenkins, and like we were both saying, you know, he's one of the best coaches in the league. It wouldn't make sense if they fired him, but you know, if it keeps getting this bad, they might just do it even though he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, it, there's, there is a lot of, like, calling for his job from what I can tell from we'll call Grizzlies Twitter. Um, but I'm just, like, I'm watching. I'm like, what do you expect him to do with this bunch? Like, Marcus Smart obviously is really hurt. You're, you're talking about your starters yesterday were Gilliard, Bain, Aldama, Biombo, and Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah, uh, one of your guys that, of course, you expect a lot of because he was a lottery pick, and Zaire Williams is not good. Like, there's, mm. it was, ju- it's such a short end of the stick that he's been handed. But like, this is a team that now you're talking about. Whenever John Morant comes back, so how many games are we into? Because we we're getting close. We're at tw- uh, what is it, sixteen games? So they got nine left without Jaw. But I'm, I'm fascinated to see what Jaw does for this team, like, and how much that gets better, if at all, when he comes back for this squad. Yeah, and it's a team that like people have been begging them to consolidate their draft picks and turn it into a, an improvement in the starting yep. lineup for years, and they just haven't done it. And now they're stuck with a bunch of like fringe rotation guys that are not helping them right now. It's like there's almost too many of them. Like you look, they played eight bench guys last game, and it's it, it, I, I don't know, like the, none of these guys have popped at all. Yep, to go from one of the deepest teams in the NBA two years ago, and like you said. You turn it into this. Like, this is where you're at. It's just yeah. not great. And that's why I was, I, was, I, was, I was shocked that they weren't in on Kevin Durant because they were a perfect team for it, right? You have all the assets. You have a young star. Pair them with them. It'd be great. And, I mean, now it's not going to happen. I thought they'd be at the top of the list this year to go and get OG Ananobi or a Pascal Siakam. Like, I thought it would be perfect for them. And now there's no need to waste those resources because are you going to be in a play-in team? Is, can Ja really – because that's the angle. If, they're, if you think John Morant saves them, 
I mean, I'm running the betterment to win MVP if it's a good enough number because that's like an MVP. That's a Herculean task at this point right now if he's going to bring him back to relevancy. Yeah, and I don't think he will. And, and the problem also is that they've drafted guys that have not played well. So it's like these guys are not valuable now in trades. So yep. the picks themselves would have been. It's just it's a little too late now. Like I was actually thinking last year that maybe even like a Kuzma would have been nice for them. Like, But there's just nothing out there for them, I don't think. And it's not getting any easier. Their next seven games, home versus Utah, then at Dallas, at Phoenix, back home versus Dallas, then back-to-back against Houston before a road trip to Oklahoma City. Like, this team this team's going to be taking it on the chin. And I don't think Ja's going to help him that much. Like I, I know how good he is, but, like, he's still a guy that's really good offensively, not good defensively. They've been terrible defensively, and that's, like, been the bigger issue to me. Yep. I think he helps them from an energy standpoint. It's always good to get somebody like that back in there. But um, yeah, it's 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 gone really south. So I wanted to bring that up because they got absolutely smoked. That was the sad thing. The happy thing, the fun thing. And um, I had this thought when I was watching him on Friday. Then they went out there and, and I would say they, they won handily against the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. But the Orlando Magic, now 12 and 5, they have won, what, seven straight now. And uh, eight out of the last nine, they are, are they in control of the one seed right now? I thought that they were one game out, but I'm not sure. They are one game out, and but they do have a head-to-head win over the Boston yeah. Celtics. And this was my thought when I watched them on Friday. I mean, because I know you're high on this team. You're well on your way to cashing. You're over, over 40, right? Was the alt wins yeah. that you had? Yep. Yeah. I don't think Boston wants to see this team in the postseason. I, they, they are now, they have now covered their last five games against Boston. They're four and one straight up in their last five against Boston that dates back to last season. They're just so big and rangy and good on defense and the opposite of Memphis. They like each other, which is a very, yeah. very important deal. <laughs> like they might not be the best offensive team, but a team like Boston who, who can't really, I don't want to say can't handle their size and athleticism, but does have trouble with it. Dude. I don't think they want to see him in a playoff series. And especially as you tweeted out, right? <laughs> what'd you, what'd you tweet at me? Like, I was kidding. I was kidding. But I said that it's going to be, <laughs> I was kidding, but I said that the magic are going to be home in that, yeah. in that series. <laughs> you never know, man. Like yeah. the regular seasons are weird things and you see some odd stuff and, and I, it wouldn't be shocking in an Eastern conference that look, Milwaukee's not getting their head out of their ass anytime soon. The Boston Celtics are good, but I don't think, I don't think Boston's as good as like, there is just this thought that Boston's going to waltz to the Eastern Conference Finals and, and get out, and I don't think that's the case. Philly's very good, but I don't, I don't think it's crazy to view Orlando as a top three team, and who knows what happens with injuries. Yeah, it's funny because like, I was really high on the Magic before the season, and now I'm like kicking myself for not being higher on them because, yep. you know, like we talked about like a few weeks ago as well, like Mosley now looks like a good coach of the year bet. Uh, you know, 45-plus wins, that probably would have been like plus 750 or something. Yep. So. I don't know, like, like, and also the offense. Like, I was looking in the last ten games, they're playing in, at a top ten offensive rating. Uh, so it's it, they're figuring it out on that end too. Like you said, they're rangy. They play really good defense. They're really, really deep. I think that they're a team that could definitely win a playoff series. Yep. Yeah, they're um, they're shocking. Like, like you said, like you were high on them. And you actually bet it. I think we were all generally high from a this team's going to be pretty good standpoint this year. But they've been very surprising, and it's it's been awesome to watch, and especially defensively, man. They have been absolutely tremendous. Uh, all right, with that, any other observ- observations, takeaways, anything you wanted to hit else uh, from Saturday and or Sunday? No, the only thing I'll say is, like, Orlando is also a team that, if they wanted to, they can go out and make a big trade at some point. Yes. Like, they have so many players that are good in that rotation. Like, they can make a consolidation trade. 
I would agree. All right, I do have one more observation, but it'll tie into a game today. So uh, with that, let's take a break, come back, and we'll start to hit the five-game card in the association. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Five games of the card, Zach. Let's start at the top, work our way down. Top of the rotation, or at least on my screen, it is Los Angeles Lakers on the road against Philadelphia 76ers. Four and a half the opening number, 231 and a half the opening total. We're up to six now for Philly with a total of 231. Some questions about whether or not LeBron James will play tonight. He is listed as questionable, as is Cam Reddish. Anthony Davis also on the report, so that does matter because they can downgrade him at any time. He's probable. Um, but from the standpoint of LeBron, I mean, I wrote about this today. He's questionable every night and he's, yeah. he's only missed one game. So I don't know why the market would hedge itself here and think that he's not going to play, especially when we know what the rules are in terms of like resting guys and missing games on the road. Like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of go in just expecting LeBron to play every night, but I guess that's the game the Lakers are playing with their injury report. Yeah. There was a game last week where I think Kelly and I assumed he was going to be out and then he played. I think I'm at the point yep. now where I'm not going to do that again. Um, yeah, he's questionable every night and has been playing. So I think that you just have to assume he'll be out there. Yeah. And I think they want to do that too, because I think every night they do want to keep their options open if they do want to rest him. I think mm -hmm. that's pretty much what the Lakers are going to do on any given night. So with that, with this number up to six of so the total of 231, if you're going to tell me LeBron's playing, I think taking six is the side. The way I, the way I phrased this in the write-up today was, you know, a matchup of strength on strength. When you're talking about a top 10 offense versus a top 10 defense, a top 10 uh, half-court defense versus a top 10 half-court offense. Like, th these are strengths, and the Lakers are the good defensive team if you haven't been paying attention at all. Um, and so where do you find the edge? And I think the edge is when you're talking about the reserves. And this is the number that stuck out to me when I was writing this game up. With LeBron James off the floor, they have a negative 17.5 net rating, the Lakers do. When Joel Embiid's off the floor, it's a plus 5.4 net rating. So if there's any angle here, if LeBron James plays – if the Lakers are up when he takes his first break, might be a good opportunity to come in in-game on the Philadelphia 76ers because those non-Joel Embiid minutes have been more positive for them, obviously, by a wide margin than the non-LeBron minutes. And other than that, I mean, small lean to the under for me, but I didn't have anything strong. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I think that six is probably a little bit too much. Uh, I didn't play it just because I think it's kind of like right there for me. Like, I don't even know who I would take. I think that I saw it earlier in the morning at four and a half. And I was yeah. considering taking the Sixers, but then it moved to five and a half, and that was a little too much for me. Yep. 
Um, and it seems like a good game. Like if LeBron plays, can't wait to watch it. The Lakers are playing a little bit better. Uh, and the 76ers, of course, are still playing at a pretty high level, but not really anything that I'm jumping to go and, and get in front of from a betting standpoint. Found no real edge uh, in any way, shape, or form. All right, next up, Washington Wizards, Detroit Pistons. How about this? I turn away. I deny. I'm like, nah, 76ers and Lakers. I don't want any part of that. But Wizards, Pistons? I'm in, baby. All right, so this is two and a half with a total of 236. Uh, open three and 234 and a half. Pistons are the favored team. And uh, the Pistons... Uh, we talk about vibes. Vibes aren't great for the Pistons. They have lost their last 13 games. They are 3-10 against the spread. In those 13 games, they have been outscored by 10.9 points per 100 possessions. The uh, only team that can come close to Detroit from an, an ineptitude standpoint is, well, it's Washington. 1-13 straight up in their last 14 games. 6-8 and eight against the spread and a negative 9.3 net rating. So the way I phrased it in my write-up is like, all right, what gives in a meeting where two teams have been equally terrible over the same sample size? And my logic was, I think it's a good scheduling spot for Detroit. Washington's playing its third game in four nights. Detroit's playing just its second game this week. Uh, and outside of a quick trip to Indiana on Friday, they've been home. That means they've had time to practice. They're getting healthier. As I mentioned, too, nine of the top 10 in Mountie Williams rotation do not have an injury designation at this point right now. And if you have time to practice and get ready, they have the whole weekend off. They've been at home outside of that quick trip to Indiana on Friday. And, and from Detroit, that's a quick trip. That, like, that's not anything to really worry you about. I think that there's probably a really strong hyper focus. Like we need to win this game. Like this is a winnable game. Washington sucks. We should, this is a game that they're going to put a lot of effort into getting it done. And the fact that I just got to lay two and a half and essentially win by a possession here, I think I'm comfortable and back in the spot for the Detroit Pistons tonight. Yeah. Like if you're not going to win this game, which one are you going to win? If you're the Pistons right. and at the same time, it's like they got Jaden Ivy back. I think he's looked really good since he started playing. It just – this feels like a game they should win. I was talking to you before the show. Like, I did not take this, but I'm thinking about jumping on it. I just – it seems like a good spot for them. And, yeah, I don't have anything on this game right now. The only thing I was looking at, it was a little too juicy, so I didn't take it. But Cade Hunt Cunningham over one-and-a-half made threes, minus 146. Okay. I, he's hit it in four straight games. And, you know, he's playing a team that does not defend a three-point line well, does not really play defense at all. And the pace in this game will probably be, end up being really high. So – I think he's going to get his shots up. So, yeah, if you're looking to play a player prop there, I do like Cade to make at least two threes. Uh, Pistons leading rebounder, Osar Thompson. Uh, somewhat quiet, somewhat quiet in the last few games. Uh, since the uh, since the out, well, I guess we can call it an outburst. It was good. 21-8-5 uh, and five against the Atlanta Hawks. He hasn't scored in double digits. Has been rebounding still pretty well. Uh, but a good note that, of course, at that moment in that Hawks game was one of the things that we had bet that we were texting about, right, was I had bet under his rebounds. He hasn't surpassed 10 rebounds in the five games since. So just something worth noting, right? Again, when you're talking about buying at the market high for guys like Asar, um, it, it's been a little muted for him in the last couple of games. Have you seen what his three-point total prop is? I'm assuming it's, it's a half, like, shaded to the under. It's, yeah, 0 0.5 plus 370 to take the over. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> he well, has not problem. been taking them at all. That's the problem. No, he hasn't. Cause, and here's the thing, and that's what I was going to say. We, I think we've talked about this before. My guy, Asar, is so selfless that any time <laughs> – no, not any time. But we talked about this. Like, he is very much – like, he's very much like a glue guy in that he always he's always looking to make the right play. And there mm -hmm. are times where – because I think he can actually shoot better. His free throw percentage would tell you that he's actually a better shooter than when he has shown. He's shooting about 70% from the free throw line. That can get a little bit better, but he's also not getting that many free throws. But I think he can shoot better than what he's shown. 
But every time he gets the ball, he's always looking to rotate it and like move it on to the next yeah. guy for an open shot. And so I think that doesn't help. But man, plus 375, <laughs> he is capable of knocking down like a wide open one if he gets it. And they're yeah, playing and off of him. Yeah, there will be shots for him to take in this game too. So he would be really actively looking to get out of them, if, which is, you know, you don't. You know what you might have got me though? You might have got me on a bets giving bet. Because <laughs> I've got, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm in the lead and uh, I've got some, I got some runway to work with here. I might I throw no, a little something on that. You're in the lead. You have runway. I don't even have credits for him. <laughs> no, not nothing left. I played it terribly. Like I, I've never been in a contest before, so I can openly say that. Yeah. And you know, I got a little thrown off by guys. Like there were people putting in just like thirty to forty bets. Steve Mackinnon's at like ninety-eight bets yeah. right now. So I was like, "There's no way I'm going to win." I, I got out to like plus four hundred the first day, and I'm like, you did. "I'm not." And I'm like, "I'm not going to win with this amount if people are betting this much." So I got caught into like just throwing bets at the board and I was terrible in college football this weekend. It's funny. Cause I was the other way around is the second I got up, I was like, yeah, nobody's, everybody's cannibalizing their bankroll. So I'm just going to sit here and wait. And I, ha- <laughs> yeah. I haven't made a bet since like, I'm just sitting back and waiting for this thing to happen. I will say, uh, how about this? That happened to me yesterday. No Saturday. So Saturday I did do a little bit of gamesmanship where Matt Brown was right behind me. And so Matt Brown had put in a five. I was looking at the, the thing that we have, right? The feed that we can see everybody's bets. And Matt Brown put in a five-team money line parlay for college football. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's kind of a safe one. Like if I put in like five teams, decent favorites to get like a plus 150 or something, like that's enough where I'm willing to risk a little bit because I think I'm going to hit it. So I put a five-team, uh, I, put, I put a five-teamer in, okay? It was, I'll tell you this right now. It was Troy, Alabama, Oklahoma State, James oh. Madison, and Clemson. All of them won. Right, you had to sweat all of those. <laughs> had to sweat all of them, but here's the thing: during the show on Saturday, five minutes into the Troy game, Pam asks me, "Hey, what is the money line parlay?" I go here. Let me pull it up and tell you. I accidentally cashed out five oh minutes into God. the first game of the leg, so like I lost the forty dollars on it. I would have oh hit. God. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But you might get me here. That's a good one to bring yeah. this back to what we're talking about here. Plus three seventy five, huh? Just one make three. That is a good bets giving bet. That's a good bet skill. Yes. All right. All right. You got me. If I lose, it's your fault. Uh, all right. <laughs> we move on from there. Um, let's see. Actually, you know what? Let's take one quick break here. Uh, we'll come back. They'll break down the rest of the card because I know that Zach's got a couple uh, on this wonderful Monday of NBA basketball. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Portland Trailblazers on the road against the Indiana Pacers. Portland, second leg of back-to-back, Zach. Uh, poured it all out against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks in the first half yesterday. But then, of course, fell short. Fourth quarter was pretty ugly for Portland. Got outscored, what, like 31-14 to or something like that. Uh, ultimately ended up losing the game 33-14. to 
and ultimately ended up losing. They did cover against Milwaukee. No indication that there'd be some rest tonight, second leg of a back-to-back, and it's like an extended back-to-back, right? Because you played early on Sunday, and now this is a little bit later, and it's just up the road in Indiana. What'd you make of this? Because I, I had an angle on it, and the market went in that direction, but I'm not brave enough to do it. I played Bruce Brown over 11.5 points at okay. minus 103. I just think that, you know, even if it's not eight and out there, if they do decide to rest him, I don't think that they will. I think Miles Turner pulls the center away from the basket in this game. That opens up a lot of options for cutters. And, you know, Bruce Brown's a really good cutter. Halliburton's a really good passer. So I think that there will be a few link-ups between Halliburton and Brown in this game. And then if Brown scores, you know, you know Brown hits a few threes. Like, he really should easily go over this mark, especially considering he's a good transition player. And, you know, the Blazers are giving up more points per possession in transition than any team in the league. This just felt like a really low number in a game with the highest total on the board by far. So I went with it. I agree. I think it's a really good angle. I My thing was, um, this is going to sound blasphemous for a team that has hit, I think, now 12 consecutive overs, was under on 241.5. And, and, like, the market's heading that direction. And part of my thinking is, you know, obviously Indiana can do a lot. And maybe my thinking was more about, I, I, I don't know how to do I'll, I'll walk you through it. You tell me. But Portland comes in. They're 24th in pace. 79% of their plays come in half-court settings. They have the fewest points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time. Like, if there was a team that was going to drag Indiana down from a scoring standpoint and keep a game under a very high total of 240, 240 and a half, I think it would be a team like Portland. Yeah, and at some point, like, the shots are not going to be able to keep going in for the Pacers. Like, they're going to have an off-shooting night. So, yeah, I do think that, like, the market's really inflated right now on their totals, and I think that playing the unders maybe for the next five to 10 games, I'd, I'd guess that you'd end up being profitable. Man, it might do. I want to see this really, really quickly. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, like, it's crazy. The, if you look at it, so um, uh, Cleaning the Glass has a has a uh, metric called shooting location effective field goal percentage. So essentially what it tells you is if the team shot the league average field goal percentage from each location on the floor, what would their effective field goal percentage be? So it gives you an idea of what their you know shot profiles like and if they're getting lucky essentially or not. Indiana's effective field goal percentage for the season is fifty nine point one percent. For for anybody who wants to know, league average is fifty four point two percent right now. So they're like clearing, like it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the next team behind them at this point right now, their location of field, effective field goal percentage would still lead the league, but it's fifty six percent. So that's a three percent difference, and that might not sound like much, but it is. And so when you're also factoring in the totals that are set based on the numbers that you're seeing, to your point, there is going to be a time where these unders start to come in because the market adjusts so much. And for a team like Portland that has been as bad as they have offensively and as slow as they are, I think this might be the day where it begins. So just playing with it. And the Pacers have shot over 45% from the field in 11 of their last 12 games. The one game that they didn't, the the magic were scorching hot. And that's why it went over. So that number is like unsustainable. Like it's gonna it's gonna happen a little bit more regularly than that. All right, Pelicans and Jazz. This is uh, one of those nifty little two game sets. They played in Utah uh, about like two uh, two days ago. Right? They were off yesterday, so then they played what on Saturday. Uh, New Orleans did not have Zion Williamson in that first game. Larry Markinen did not play in that first game. Zion Williamson not on the injury report today, so expected to play here. Larry Markinen is questionable. This number is five with a total of two thirty and a half. Pelicans closed as three point favorites last time. Do we back? Do we back the birds here in the rematch? 
I think so. I was on the Jazz in that last game, but it was mostly because the Clippers game before for the Pelicans yep. was like this crazy up and down game, a lot of swings, and then they had to go on the second night of a back to back to play Utah, who had just played, who was coming off two days rest. So it was a really bad spot for New Orleans. And yeah, I would guess that the Pelicans are going to come out with a much better effort this time around. I do think that the Jazz are like, once again, like this feisty team that you do not want to play. Like they play such a unique style of basketball with the amount of threes they get up and the way they just crash the offensive boards. Um, but yeah, there's still just a big talent mismatch here. And the Pelicans have just been playing really, really well on both ends of the floor lately. Did that go in? Hold on, hold on. I put my Asar Thompson in for Betsgiving. Let's see. All right, yep, I'm in. Over a half at plus 370. <laughs> If you lose that, I'll pay you back in whatever Monopoly money. No, I get the belt. I want the belt. And, it, and it's set up perfectly. I'm filling in for Mitch Moss on Wednesday, so I'll be on follow the money. Like, oh, it's my glorious moment. Here we go. And then uh, no, then now I'm going to lose out. No, actually, I only put 50 on it, so I'm still in the lead, even if it loses. So. That's such a good one if because the, the 50 will cash out at like 237 or something like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, right? yep, yeah, yep, yep. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Dude, I could, this could be it. This could be the dagger tonight. Yeah. I could put the dagger in the side of Stormy Bonatoni. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Stormy. I don't know if you listen to these, but watch out. It's tonight. All right, last one before we get out of here. Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Clippers. This is one where you have a bet on the side, and I agree with this. I just wanted some clarity on the injury report because numbers telling you something that we don't know confirmation on yet. Clippers open up as four and a half point favorites, total of 219. We are up to five and a half with a total of 220 and a half. I will give you the floor. Yeah, so I do think that the numbers telling you that somebody's going to be out for the Nuggets, but at the same time, let's just say it's not. The Clippers have been really good since changing their starting five. They have like yep. a, a defensive rating of like 90 or something like that. 91. Like, yeah, 91. The defense has been phenomenal, which, hey, I don't know how that's possible. Everyone says James Harden's so bad defensively. Um, but, yeah, they've been really good on that end of the floor. Uh, net rating's ridiculous, and it just makes so much more sense the way that they're doing things now. And they're also a deep team. So I think that the Nuggets, in a game like this, they have not looked the same without Jamal Murray offensively. I think they might struggle to put up points, at least efficiently, against Los Angeles. And then I do think that the Clippers – are going to win the bench minutes by a pretty decent margin because I think that, you know, without Murray, you're playing some guys that you don't trust necessarily big minutes and you're relying on them against the bench for the Clippers that has, you know, some veterans that really know how to play. And I just think that that's going to be the difference here. And it's also the second game of a back-to-back for Denver. Uh, Clippers had a day of rest. And like I said last time we spoke, the Clippers dug themselves such a hole early in the season that, they need to win games now. Like they're, like they're playing, you know, hard at this moment because they need to get back into the top six in the Western Conference. So I agree with all those spots. Uh, I will add to this too. Sneaky little trend that has started to form here when it comes to the Denver Nuggets. Have you seen their numbers on the road? I actually marked in my story. I think they're zero and eight against the spread in November, right? Uh, they the are. Road. I mean, I have it as so one and eight against the spread away from home overall, and they they are zero and seven in their last yeah. road games. Oh, seven. seven road games. Yep. So it has not gone well for whatever reason on the road for the Denver Nuggets. You mentioned the lack of depth. Completely agree. To add to what you're talking about here, new Clippers starting lineup has a plus twenty nine net rating. They have been awesome. When James Harden's on the floor without Russell Westbrook, they have a plus 7.5 net rating that's only gotten better. Like this thing is, it's starting to turn around. And you want to add the little sneaky motivation. They went to Denver and fought really hard like two weeks ago. And they ended up covering three and a half because I, I were you on the Clippers in that game? 
I did. Yeah, it was a really yeah. lucky cover in the end. It, right? it was a really lucky cover, but they fought really hard. They stayed inside of that number, and they know, and as a Clippers fan, I know, the Nuggets have absolutely owned this series. They have mm-hmm. mollywhopped them almost every time. You show, you saw the fight that they had in Denver, a place in which, by the way, the Denver Nuggets have been covering numbers in a dominant fashion. Again, they are awesome at home. They're terrible away from, um, away from home. I, I think this is one where they're going to be ready, like the Clippers. They're going to be licking their chops, getting ready to go here. So I would agree with that sentiment. I, like I said, I want to see what the injury report is. Because I, I have a sneaking suspicion that if Jokic is going to play, you might see a little small bump to like back down to like four and a half potentially. Yep. But uh, like to me, it's fine. I, I think this is a good spot for them. I just want to see what the market does with the injury report. Yeah, completely agree. Like four and a half is definitely a possibility. Huh. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm no sorry. I'm surprised. I didn't mean to. Um, we have a surprising entrant in the uh, first to market for tomorrow's NBA games. Look at the screen right now. Station Casinos out here in Las Vegas has just hung up NBA numbers for tomorrow. There's the first time I've ever seen that. Anything you like already? Well, they got the Hornets as a five-point favorite on the road against the Knicks, so I assume that's a mistake. Yeah, you should take <laughs> jump on it. <laughs> they also have the Heat Bucks with a total of oh wait no what yeah Heat Bucks with a total of one ninety-eight and a half. Can I interest you in the under or excuse me the over? <laughs> I, by these, the way, these, that Lamelo injury was that Lamelo yes. injury as bad as it looked. It seemed really bad, and like all in reading the headlines, it didn't calm down my thoughts in any way, shape, or form either. That he's going to miss some time. Yeah, I think they said X-ray negative, which is always bad because that means yep. that it's like it's something with the ligament. Yep, because sucks because he's been playing as we have talked about on this Timberwolves slash Lamelo Ball podcast that he has been absolutely tremendous this season. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say stations uh, NBA openers for tomorrow are a test of some sort and not legitimate numbers because I think Boston would lay more than six at home against the uh, Chicago Bulls. And I don't think the Oklahoma City Thunder would be two and a half point favorites on the road against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just going to throw that yeah. out there. But we uh, should throw We should add because because today is actually the smaller slate than tomorrow, which is which oh. is interesting. Uh, rookie of the year odds. Wembanyama down to minus one forty five at DraftKings. Chet's plus 110 now. Good. There's no way. There's nothing. Nothing tells you that he, as we have talked about many times, nothing tells you that he has been the best rook, the, the best rook. Yeah. And I think, like, I actually do think that Chet is going to get consideration for all, uh, all NBA third team. Like, I think he's been that good. Yep. I would agree. All right, man. With that, we are all done. Please check out everything we have to offer up on the website of VEASAN.com and find all your subscription options up there at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Zach's columns are up there regularly. Mine are up there regularly as well. And of course, we have bets giving. So you can check in on the standings there. It ends on Wednesday at 6 a.m. So look for your boy to be holding up a title belt. And, um, and like I said, I just wanted one of us to win it. So it's got to be me. It's got to be me. You know what I'm saying? So We'll have write-ups, by the way, for every single game in championship week for college football this week, too. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. And uh, I did just, I, I mean, I saw the email. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I will be helping out with bowl write-ups as well. So I'll have plenty of that, too in the coming days like rate review subscribe we appreciate any feedback as always and we will talk to you tomorrow on hardwood handicappers at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.